Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, guilty. Verdict, guilty. Reaction pouring in this morning after a jury finds Alec Murdoch guilty on all charges in the double murder trial of his wife and son. We can't bring him back, but we can bring him justice. The former attorney back in court this morning facing a possible life sentence. We're live on the scene with the latest. Then... Miracle twins meet the two inspiring sisters conjoined at birth, now speaking out decades after their successful operation. How high were the odds that you two would be living here to have this conversation with me today? Probably zero, yeah. We'll tell you the reason they reached out to us to share their amazing story this morning. And then back in the spotlight, Chris, they're ready for you. Chris Rock set to talk about that infamous Oscar slap live on stage this weekend during a first-of-its-kind stand-up special. So, what's Rock expected to say? Details on that just ahead. And Outer Banks in our studio, Chase Stokes, here to talk about the latest season of that hit series. The breakout star opening up about his newfound fame and what's next. Today, Friday, March 3rd, 2023. Kicking off the weekend from Blacksburg, Virginia, Wheaton, Illinois, Austin, Texas, Victoria, Minnesota, and Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Robbie Dinah, Minnesota, wishing my sister happy birthday. Love you, Leslie. Newlyweds from Chicago. Sending love to our friends Angie and Sunny. Watching in Columbus, Ohio. Brett Lila and Charlotte from Washington, D.C. For our 10th birthdays. From Tupelo, Mississippi. It's nine months old tomorrow's first time in New York. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. It's my favorite part of the show. Uh, welcome back to today on this Friday morning. Thank you so much for starting your weekend with us. Hoda and Savannah are off. They'll be they'll be back really back soon. soon. Yes. We have star power this morning with Chase Stokes from Outer Banks here today. And then next week, look at this. The parade of stars continues. Just have? look who will be joining us. Chance the Rapper, yes. Jimmy Fallon, yes. Kerry Washington, yes. plus Woody Harrelson and the co-stars of his new movie, Champions. Well, it's going to be a heck of a week next mm-hmm. week. A lot to look forward to. Uh, but right now, let's get to your news at 8 o'clock on this Friday after a dramatic trial in a South Carolina courtroom. A once powerful attorney, Alec Murdoch, was found guilty last night of killing his wife and one of his sons. NBC's Katie Beck is at that courthouse for us once again in Walterboro, South Carolina. Katie, good morning. Hey, Craig. Yeah, this was a swift and decisive verdict. The jury coming back in less than three hours, which is remarkable for a jury that's been here for a month, heard from over 75 witnesses, seen over 800 pieces of evidence. Now Murdoch moving on to the sentencing phase, facing a life possibility behind bars. A once prominent attorney, now a convicted murderer. 
a jury finding Alec Murdoch guilty in the 2021 murders of his wife Maggie and son Paul. Verdict guilty. That verdict coming after six weeks of testimony and a rare trip outside the courthouse where jurors had the chance to see Moselle, the sprawling Murdoch family property, and walk around the kennel and the feed areas where Maggie and Paul were gunned down. The kennel also seen in this video from Paul's cell phone, perhaps the most damaging piece of evidence in the trial. Alec Murdoch's voice on the clip put him at the scene of the crime just minutes before the murders, although he'd repeatedly told investigators that he was not there that night. I did lie to them. During its closing arguments, the defense suggested there were flaws in the investigation, but the state argued that the lie was part of a pattern of behavior for Murdoch, who separately accused of stealing millions of dollars from his former law firm. I find it offensive that the defense is claiming that law enforcement didn't do their job while he is withholding and obstructing justice by not saying... I was down at the kennels. In the end, the jury concluded the state proved its case beyond a reasonable doubt. Murdoch staring blankly as the clerk read the guilty verdict against him. His defense team immediately asking for a mistrial, but the judge refusing. The evidence of guilt is overwhelming, and uh, I deny the motion. Outside the court, the state thanking the jury for its service, saying justice has been done for Maggie and Paul. We had no doubt that if we had a chance to present our case in a court of law, that they would see through the one last con that Alec Murdoch was trying to pull. And they did, and we're so grateful for that. Murdoch's sentencing will rest solely in the hands of a judge, but we do expect to hear some testimony from the witness stand that could include victims of Murdoch's financial crimes, as well as members of his own family. That hearing is set to get underway about 930. Katie Beckforce, once again there in South Carolina. Katie, thank you. Earlier I spoke with South Carolina's Attorney General Alan Wilson, who assembled that prosecution team and actually helped try the case as well. I asked him what the state's most convincing piece of evidence was. I think Alec Murdoch was our biggest piece of evidence when he took the stand. I think that was fatal for him ultimately. Obviously, he had... um, created a web of lies for over a decade uh, that led to this culminating point in this trial. Obviously, he had lied. He had been lying his way out of things for so long that he'd forgotten what it was like to tell the truth. And as you said just a moment ago, that kennel video that no one knew existed until months after uh, the murders occurred, it, it was basically Paul speaking from beyond the grave that, yes, my you know, that Alec Murdoch was there just moments before Maggie and Paul were brutally murdered. And that, that was a major piece of the state's case. Attorney General Wilson also urged everyone to keep in mind that real lives and a real family were destroyed by what Alec Murdoch did. Laura Jarrett is NBC's senior legal correspondent. She's back with a look at how prosecutors were able to win over the jury. Good morning to you again. Good morning, guys. Uh, Let's dig in once again. I mean, to many, this was a surprisingly quick verdict. What do you think was the most persuasive piece of evidence? The single strongest piece of evidence is that cell phone video that places him at the scene of the crime just minutes before everyone agrees the murders happened. It's Mm -hmm. why I think they perhaps came back so quickly, because the timeline was just so damning here. 
Combine that with the lies, the lies that he told to investigators, that he told to his friends about not being at the scene of the crime when, in fact, he was. I think that's what really nailed nailed this case for him. The uh, the defense has indicated that they do plan to appeal. Um, Do they have grounds here? Any grounds for an appeal? They can try, but it's going to be hard. It's always it's always hard to try to get a jury verdict overturned. But you saw they lost a number of evidentiary rulings early on. They wanted to keep out that financial crime evidence. They lost on that repeatedly. So you can expect to see them try to use that as a ground for appeal. But it's not even clear that the jury cared about the financial evidence. Right. The prosecutor tried to use that to say that was the motive here to distract. Mm. Uh, It's not clear the jury was even moved by that. So it's not clear they'll have a grounds for appeal that is actually persuasive. And finally, can you talk to us quickly about sentencing and what we should expect? Yeah. So on this, you're going to see the judge weigh a number of different factors. Typically, you'll see the defense try to say, judge, he doesn't have a criminal history. Perhaps he has expressed remorse. We haven't seen that in this case. And so that may weigh against uh, the judge giving any sort of leniency here. He's facing up to life in prison if the judge decides to impose that sentence. All right. Laura Jett, our senior legal analyst. Laura, thank you. A quick reminder here. Tune in for a very special two-hour edition of Dateline on all of this. We're going to take you inside the courtroom with exclusive new videos, new details as well tonight. 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, only on NBC. It is a little crowded this morning aboard the International Space Station. A fresh four-man crew arrived overnight, delivered by a SpaceX Dragon capsule. One by one, they came through the hatch after a short docking delay caused by a faulty sensor. The new crew, including two Americans, will spend up to six months in space conducting science and technology experiments. Once they're settled in, four veteran crew members who've been aboard the space station since last October will head for home. All right. All right. Coming up one year later, Chris Rock ready to open up about that Oscar slap. We'll have new details on this weekend's groundbreaking live Netflix special. First, though, Sam Brock is here with the untold journey of two really incredible sisters, Sam. Yeah, Craig, there's no question about it. And good morning, Chanel. Good morning. 67 years ago, baby girls in the Mississippi Delta broke new ground. The first conjoined twins to be separated and to survive their medical miracles, how they're doing today and what lessons they can teach other families. That story coming up next. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back at 815 with incredible stories of hope. Yeah, we recently reported on the heartwarming and heroic efforts to separate conjoined twins at Cook Children's Medical Center in Fort Worth, Texas. Their young parents crying tears of joy after learning that the procedure was a success. There's a video right there. Mm -hmm. Sam Brock introduced us to that family, and he joins us now this morning with really another powerful, inspiring story. That first story moved a lot of people, and I got a ton of messages about it. But the Mm -hmm. power of that story, guys, did prompt a call from the daughter of the Matthews twins, who were separated in 1955. Now, you think about how complicated this procedure is now. But their separation happened without the benefit of modern medicine. They were not expected to survive the surgery. They certainly were not expected to have children, much less a huge, loving family. But miracles do happen. They're in lockstep nearly every moment. Oh, gosh, half of the time we're together, we're laughing. You might even say inseparable. Although 55 years ago, in a small Mississippi town called Indianola, The Matthews twins, Lillian and Linda, actually were inseparable when a young physician fresh out of medical school made a house call, expecting a routine childbirth with their mom. She was in labor and they couldn't figure out what was going on because my twin here says she kept coming out and out (laughs) and then she would go back in. Pull back in, come out, come out and pull back in. And the doctor realized something was going on here. That something turned out to be two baby girls connected from the sternum to the navel and sharing a liver, nearly the exact same circumstances as twins just separated at Cook Children's Medical Center in January. You have two babies on two separate beds. The improbable story providing a spotlight for what's possible. As the women say, medical journals and doctors at the time pronounced them the first separated twins to survive and thrive after their surgery at a Memphis hospital. How high were the odds that you two would be living here to have this conversation with me today? Probably zero. Yeah, the odds of us surviving. Was, uh, but we were separated five weeks old. I thought it was six. It was five. <laughs> okay. Um, at five weeks old, we were separated. Five and a half. Five and a half. <laughs> the banter. There's the other corner. Okay. Indicative of a deep bond, best understood by those who share thoughts. How often do you two finish each other's sentences? A lot. (laughs) And often, a comfortable grip. What makes you want to grab each other's hands? It's just natural. Uh, You know, we can be going through something and sometimes we just laugh and talk. For the two teachers of 30 plus years who grew up with nine other siblings, a father who was a pastor and principal, and a mother who fervently supported education, Family was the backbone of everything, even as they were told they'd never be able to have kids. How many kids and grandkids do you have? Together we have seven children and 16 grandchildren. That even includes Lillian's great-grandchild, Kalani, part of a rich family tree stemming from these matriarchs. Does that feel like a miracle to you? Oh, of course it does. Uh, I mean, we're really walking testimonies. A band of brothers, sisters, and cousins that could have been one more. But Lillian and Linda faced arguably their biggest hurdle decades ago, and they did so together. She was pregnant, and I remember I just started feeling pain, and I started feeling just weird, just strange. And I told my husband, 
I said, doll having a miscarriage. And within 10 minutes, her husband called. She just had a miscarriage. And that was probably one of the toughest times, Mm -hmm. I think. That was one of the toughest, to feel her pain. The tears they've shared and the love and support they've shown makes these two sisters and their story truly one of one. A ray of light for those parents who might be wondering about the health of their own babies. What does your story symbolize for those folks? Hope. That can be our twins. You have that healthy set of twins, and they can survive. Amazing. Amazing. And to add an even more unlikely chapter to the birth, when Linda came out second, she wasn't breathing, but she had a heartbeat. And the doctors brought her back to life. Their mom's wish was to have this story told on a national stage. <laughs> and finally, guys, wow. it has Oh, wow. that's that's a crazy story. it doesn't get any better. Favorite story of the Imagine week. the doctor who did that in 1955. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and make, making a house then. call, too, yeah. which is the way it was in a lot of places. Improbable. And I think the one thing that really struck me, too, is they were told they were never going to have kids. That's yeah. the amazing. And they have 16 grandchildren and a great-grandchild. Great and by the way, you saw... Linda always sits on the left, and yeah. Lillian is always on the right. That's how they were when they were oh, together. Wow, really? So they oh. everywhere they go, they're always on the left and the right, respectively, because of that. This story right. gives this me chills. Story. Story. Remarkable. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank sharing. you for sharing that. Ah. Ah. Top that, Mr. Oakley. Yeah. Uh, not even going to try. Yeah. Not even going to try. Let's show you what we've got for today. Wow. We are looking at uh, record highs in Florida. Severe storms really getting themselves together right now. Tornado watches down through the south. Snow developing up into the Great Lakes, into the northeast of New England. And a chill out west for your beginning of March. That's your latest weather. No better time of the morning to launch us into the weekend. It's a big, it's a big pop star. Come big Friday edition. We have correspondence involved. Let's Look at this. To it. We're going to start with Chris Rock and his highly anticipated comedy special. It airs tomorrow night on Netflix. Our friend Joe Fryer is here with more on that. Joe, Finally, morning. can you believe it's been almost a year now? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. After a year of performing his stand-up show around the globe, Chris Rock is now bringing it to Netflix live. The show is a big experiment for the streaming network. And for Rock, it's a big opportunity to speak out about that notorious slap from Will Smith at the Oscars. Chris Rock is teaming with Netflix for a one-two punch. Rock's long-awaited stand-up special is airing live on Saturday night when the comedian will finally share his thoughts (laughs) about being slapped by Will Smith at last year's Oscars. Chris has addressed the slaps at previous stand-ups, but the word is he's been testing out material at local spots throughout the country. So it's going to be really interesting to see how much he talks about Will Smith. The title of the special, Chris Rock, Selective Outrage, is a reference he's used when talking about Smith in recent sets. His show, which will stream from Baltimore's Hippodrome Theater, is Netflix's first ever live event and a testbed for new technology. Subscribers can view it by clicking on a special Watch Live button on their user interface. You think I taught it a bike, kids? <laughs> This is Rock's second comedy special on Netflix, reportedly part of his $40 million deal with the network. The show will air just a week before this year's Oscars, where the slap surely will be fodder for host Jimmy Kimmel. Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, My behavior was unacceptable. Well, Will Smith has spoken openly about the incident, apologizing on social media and in interviews. Rock has stayed mostly quiet. 
Last spring, he made light of it at a Dave Chappelle show after his friend was assaulted by a man with a knife. Was that Will Smith? Now it's Chris Rock's show as he takes the stage to speak out about the slap heard round the world. Netflix is going to bookend this Chris Rock Live special with two other programs featuring some other top comedians giving either messages of support or commentary, including Jerry Seinfeld, Amen. Leslie Jones, and Amy Schumer. Well, we'll see. We'll be watching tomorrow live. Right, Joe, yeah. thanks so much for that. Appreciate it. Next up, Succession, the hit drama series gearing up for its fourth and final season. Yesterday, HBO dropping an action-packed new trailer teasing to what else? More crazy family drama with the Roys and in the fight of Logan versus the kids, nobody is safe. Let's All blow it right. up. Final season of Succession premieres March 26th on HBO Max. Speaking of hit shows coming to a close, next up, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Midge is back, along with the new teaser video yesterday. Prime Video also revealing season five is going to debut next month with a supersized three-episode premiere. New episodes Ooh. will drop weekly after that. The streamer is saying this time around, Midge finds herself closer than ever to success she's dreamed of, only to discover that closer than ever is still so far away. Dun, dun, dun. Love it. Season five premieres April 14th on Ooh, Prime Great. That's great. Up next, Outer Bank star Chase Stokes right here live in 1A. We'll talk to him in just a bit. Good morning. Yes, you. <laughs> That's a great name. This morning, he is the man of the moment, starring in Netflix's number one show, Outer Banks. We cannot wait to talk with him. You need a coat, my friend. It's oh, cool. That's a little chilly. It's a beautiful outfit. Just not built for right now. Oh, my gosh. Love it. And then after we spend some time with, with Chase, we're going to give you a first-hand look at a school program that's connecting students from all over the country as they share their most personal stories, how it's really creating this unique bond between strangers learning what life is like in someone else's shoes. Well, we're looking forward to that. Plus, we've got more of our sit-down with Olivia Newton-John's daughter and husband, new memories of the beloved actress, and how they're honoring her legacy by helping others. And ahead on the third hour, we're going to help save us some all, save us some cash with what to buy this month and what to hold off on for a better deal later in the year. I love that. And guys, next week on Today, the amazing Padma Lakshmi is joining us to celebrate 20 years now. Can you believe it's been 20 years of Top Chef? And, of course, we know there will be delicious food Good. whenever she's around. Love Padma Lakshmi. Uh, first, though, we did mention earlier, this is Dress in Blue Day for Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. As many of you know, it's a disease uh, that has directly affected my family. And I'm currently on the board of the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, our sponsor for an inspiring segment coming up in the third hour. First, though, to help mark this important month, the Kohler Guard Classic Golf Tournament tees off later today in Tucson, Arizona. And look who has made her way to Arizona, Dylan Dreyer at the Omni Tucson National Golf Resort, decked out in blue. Good to see you, Dylan. Oh, it's good to see you guys, too. I just want to point out, though, that it is colder here in Tucson, Arizona than it is in New York City right now. But don't worry. We've got our own crowd here despite the cold. Good morning, guys. 
despite the cold, they are here because they know the importance of raising awareness about getting tested for colon cancer. Many of these folks are colon cancer survivors themselves. They all have their individual stories to tell, but there's a common thread among all those stories, and that's that early detection is so important. So in the third hour coming up, we are going to introduce you to a remarkable young man who is currently battling colorectal cancer, but he has an important message for everyone, and you are not going to want to miss that. We'll have that coming up soon, guys. Oh, so man. important. Cold, colder there in Arizona. Yeah. It is here. It is. Man, well, you look but great. Not, but not for it long. It was snowing not yesterday. Long. Man. Snowing in Arizona. D- Dylan, thanks for making that trip out there. Tell everyone hello, by the way. Mr. Roca, what about here? What's the forecast? Well, let's look ahead to your weekend. Uh, we start off with Saturday, and you will see that we've got snowy conditions in New England. Nice day from the plains all the way down to the Gulf. Another western storm coming in there. Then Sunday. Sunday! Sunday. We're looking at a beautiful day through the Gulf into the mid-Atlantic states here in the northeast. Snowy, windy across the plains, the Great Lakes, all the way out west with snow in the Sierra and wet weather along the California coastline. It's a little throwback Friday. What's your name? Cannon. Cannon. And this was you 11 years ago? Wow. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So your, your brother and sister weren't even here then? No. <laughs> and did you like it better then? Yes. <laughs> uh, he's kidding, guys. He's kidding. kidding. Nice to see all of you. Thanks for being now here. That, now, that is cool. I love that. All right. Up next, we are going to sit down with Chase Stokes to talk about his hit show, Outer Banks, and his skyrocketing stardom. But first, this is Today on NBC. <laughs> Welcome back. When Netflix's Outer Banks premiered in 2020, it quickly flew to the top of the streaming charts, turning the cast like actor Chase Stokes into stars overnight. Now, Stokes plays John B., the charismatic leader of the Pogs on the hunt for the lost treasure. But this season, he's also looking for something even more valuable. Lost family. My goodness, Chase, good morning to you. The Pogues, I should say. Pogues. Downstairs, everybody was watching it, talking about it. They're so excited you're here. I'm so happy you're here this Thanks morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So here's the deal. This is show now, number one on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I just saw this morning, the first and second season, also the top of the chart. Yeah. How does it feel to be you right now? Uh, kind of wild. Yeah? Yeah, it's been such a journey. I mean, we started this thing sort of with no expectation, and now to have the show doing what it's doing is is bizarre but very very grateful with the hit show everybody is talking about have you had any interesting fan interactions if you will even just when you were outside people are screaming your name yeah i think it's just cool that there's so many people and so many families that get to watch it together so you have moms and dads who yeah. sit down with their kids and watch the show so to, to know that there's families that are sharing this thing is, is a beautiful thing you know what people love about it there's an emotional roller coaster if you will like this mm. season your character john b has a very emotional storyline involving his father what was it like tapping into those emotions on screen Ooh, some daddy issues yeah. for john b yeah, yeah. yeah. it's That's a, it's an understanding <laughs> statement it's uh you know it's fun and i think it sort of gives this push and pull as to i think sometimes in life we feel like we need to uh tend to our families so consistently and in this case you know sometimes our family doesn't always have our best interest and we have to take after ourselves and look out for our own futures speaking of emotions you've been very open about mental health why do you think it's so important to use your platform to talk about some of these issues i think going back to being 14 15 year old me who was understanding and and dealing with anxiety in the ways that i was i didn't really have anybody to look at Mm. to say like i can understand because they also are dealing with a similar thing so um, it's sort of a love letter to myself as a younger kid and for all the younger kids out there who are dealing with it post-COVID and coming back into the world to, to have a little bit of a beacon of somebody who's, who's 
making an impact in society with my work, but also with my work in mental health as well. Do you feel like we're moving the, le- the needle a little bit? Even my kids I have mm-hmm. two 10-year-olds and a 13-year-old. They talk about it now, mental yeah. health. It doesn't have the stigma that it used to Absolutely. when I was young. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think if you go back in time, we look at therapy as a bad thing. Like, yeah. ooh, they're in therapy. And now it's like, Good for you. Like, you got a therapist? I love that. You know what? I heard you got your start during commercials. Uh, we actually tracked down one of your first gigs, the pizza delivery guy. No. Oh, way. yes. This is you a today it. show. This is what we do. <laughs> what would you say to that kid who was just starting out? I guess it's all going to work out. Everybody thought I was a pizza delivery guy for the longest oh, time. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So it would play at late nights, and friends would be up at three o'clock in the morning. They'd be like, dude, are you delivering pizzas now? I was like, what? <laughs> Like, I just saw you on TV and I'm like, oh, oh, no, no, that was a commercial. I'm right. Well, you sold it. That's how well of an actor you are. You sold <sighs> it. OK, so listen, before you leave right across the street on SNL, we have a pretty good show planned for tomorrow night. Sure do. Kelsey Ballerini. Mm-hmm. She'll be uh, taking the stage, going out on a limb here. Are you a fan? Absolutely. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> who isn't a fan? For those of you who don't know, they're dating. Mm-hmm. You guys have a, a, a beautiful, a beautiful couple. Yeah, I want to yeah. say, too, Outer Banks was renewed for a fourth season. There are a lot of fans uh, watching this morning, so I don't want to disappoint them. I know you can't say a lot, but Oof. can you give them anything? On season four? On season four. I got to be honest, I don't know anything. Really? I really don't. You know, sometimes really we have don't. actors who come in and they don't watch themselves mm-hmm. or they don't know what's going to happen even mm-hmm. when they're actually filming it. What yep. about for you? Do you like to know what's going to happen? I, I do. Um, I don't watch myself back at you all. Really, you I don't do, either. Oh, gosh, no. I mean, you know, you live it. So when you're living it, you've got that experience. And then yeah. you go back in the studio for ADR and whatnot. But um, yeah, our writers are diligently working away. I had a call with them last night actually about sort of where it might go. Okay. But... It's Outer Banks. Everything changes. People love it. So congratulations on that. I will say we heard your first time on camera was reading the morning announcements. It was. At school. It was. What grade was that? That started my sophomore year. Really? Yeah. And then I got on the desk my junior year. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. So guess what? Now you're on the Today Show. So I'm going to let you take this tease. Let's do it. Okay. You ready? What camera are we going to? Right. right. Are we going to do this one? Let's do it. Can I be your (laughs) co-host? Absolutely. Please. Let me me cross my legs. Okay. I'm ready for you. Ready? Go. Okay. You can catch season three of Outer Banks streaming now on Netflix. And up next. Would you tell your deepest secret to a stranger? Well, we'll take you inside a modern-day pen pal program that's changing lives. But first, this is Today on NBC. Did I get a drop? Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Back now with our series, What Works Today, all about people solving problems in their communities. 
Yeah, students across the country had their lives turned upside down by the pandemic. But one program is helping connect kids from different backgrounds in a very unique way. And Craig, you got to see how it works. Yeah, this is a cool program. Uh, it, it's often said that if you want to know what it's like to be someone else, you should walk them out in their shoes. The program we're about to tell you about takes it one step further, gearing someone's most personal story and then sharing it, hearing someone's most personal story and then sharing it as your own. What you're seeing is a homecoming for perfect strangers. Students from a high school in rural Kentucky come to visit students in the South Bronx. Their schools have forged a unique bond through a program called Narrative 4. Hearing each other's stories. The idea is simple. Each participant shares a personal story with a student from the other school. We sat in on a story exchange between 16-year-old Charlotte Estrella from New York City and 17-year-old Taylor Allen from Kentucky. Two young women from drastically different backgrounds, each offering something very personal. Taylor sharing her story of devastating loss. My grandparents live right next door. And I always clung to my papa. He was always my best friend. And the doctor comes in, and you know, they're saying, well, we're not 100% sure, but we think it's cancer. After she finishes, Charlotte shares her own story of a scary medical crisis. But there was just this one day, it's like the feeling was like so much pain, like my stomach area. I was like crying and turns out my appendix had burst. While one speaks, the other listens and absorbs. Narrative 4 operates story exchanges like these in 600 schools nationwide and across more than 35 countries. When they paired Floyd County High in Kentucky with University Heights High in the South Bronx in 2017, the students didn't know what to make of each other. Through story exchanges, the differences fell away. Soon, they were swapping recipes. Narrative 4 was co-founded by National Book Award-winning author Colin McCann. He says inhabiting someone else's perspective helps dissolve the barriers that divide us. They recognize each other's common humanity. They'll go out into the world and they'll do something and they'll make the world bigger and, 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 and better, which is what these extraordinary young people do. And right here in the Bronx, two worlds come together by sharing stories. The second part of the story exchange starts when students recount their partner's stories as if it's their own. Taylor tells the group of Charlotte's appendicitis as if it happened to her. I'm in excruciating pain, and then that's when the doctors realized that my appendix had burst. Charlotte sharing Taylor's story of losing her granddad as if the heartbreak was hers. He started fighting and struggling a lot, and he sadly passed away. The exchange reveals vulnerability and strength. Each story arc pulls the circle closer, binding these students together by shared experiences. How did it feel? How did it go? It was an amazing experience to hear everyone's story. Yeah, I, I noticed um, while Charlotte was sharing your story, people got a little emotional. It was heartwarming to me to see all the support from people I've known for a day crying over my story. What do you think you'll carry away from this experience? 
No matter how different we think we are, we always have similarities and that empathy is a really big thing and everyone should practice it. Giving a piece of yourself to a stranger and trusting them to share it. This exchange is about not only about telling, but it's also about listening. When you carefully shepherd somebody else's story, that's the way that you can actually change the world for the better. I had mm, never heard of, of, the, of the program, the concept either, and then I, I go and I see it firsthand. It should be in every high school. So it Absolutely. works. Oh, it's genius. Yeah. I mean, it, because it teaches empathy. Mm -hmm. If you fully inhabit someone else's story and then you share that story as your own, it really, I, I, I got a little Good. teary. It's like literally walking in somebody else's shoes. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that you're, you're wearing them. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing. The principal at University Heights High says that the Narrative for Story Exchange Program has helped increase both attendance and graduation wow. rates at the school. Win-win. Phenomenal. Great program. All right, well, still ahead, how Olivia Newton-John's husband and daughter are carrying on the legendary star's mission to help families dealing with cancer. But first, this is Today on NBC. We're back, 8.51 now, with more of our exclusive interview with Olivia Newton-John's husband and daughter. She was a music and, and pop culture icon, but following her own longtime battle, Newton-John considered supporting cancer research to be her most important work. And Hoda recently spoke to her family about how they're carrying on her mission. In the months since Olivia Newton-John passed away, her husband, John Easterling, and daughter, Chloe Latanzi, are finding support in one another. I love how she loved fully and completely. They honored Olivia recently during a poignant state memorial in her native Australia. Every day with Olivia was a bit of magic. The service included tributes from family and friends, including Nicole Kidman, Dolly Parton, and Elton John. She was such a wonderful force of nature. Australia is also home to the Olivia Newton-John Cancer Wellness and Research Center. In 2017, we got to see her passion project up close. Hey, Phil. Good. At the center and through her foundation, research focuses on plant-based medicine and how it can help in the fight against cancer. John and Chloe spoke with Hoda about healing and how they're carrying on Olivia's mission. She's got a beautiful legacy, your mom does, Chloe. And it's, it's all the love that she showered all over everybody, but it's also... Her calling, which was the battle against breast cancer and all the strides we've made. She's always been ahead. You know, science is back here and Olivia's been ahead. What kind of a legacy do you think your mom leaves behind? My mom is a pioneer, a rebel in a good way, <laughs> a healer. On October 8th, Chloe and John will return to Australia for Olivia's annual Walk for Wellness. Inspiring Chloe along the way will be her song, Phoenix one of her mother's favorites. Let me tell you something. That song is so beautiful. Like, I feel that. I understand why she put her finger on that. What did that song mean to you? That was my promise to my mom, that I would soar and fly and be happy. So that song is for my mom. And it's also for anyone uh, anyone who needs to be uplifted, you know, we're all capable of incredible things. My mom's a reminder of that, of just what we can manifest, of how many people we can help, of this incredible light that we all have inside of us. 
The two are making sure that light continues to shine bright. I carry her in my heart, living life for both of us, doing the things that we enjoyed, doing the things that she enjoyed, and then carrying on with the kind of mission and the things that we were committed to as well. Knowing that my mom was a a healer for so many people is incredibly inspiring. And it is my mission to carry on her legacy of love and light and giving and caring for all creatures, great and small. Such a beautiful story. Chloe told Hoda the best lessons she learned from her mom were to be curious, positive, and most mm. importantly, to have gratitude. Amen. It's good to mm-hmm. see her legacy living, living on. Yes. Absolutely. All after her death. Uh, coming up here on a Friday morning in the third hour, Macklemore is going to be here. I love it. And later on the fourth hour, Emmy-winning actress and comedian Wanda Sykes. <laughs> I'd have to go to the delay. There you go. <laughs> NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people.